Today, from the International Gospel Hour, our Are You Listening Again series looks at the kingdom of God and an inspired definition. Are you part of the kingdom? Let's examine this today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you to our Jay Webb, and we're thankful for all of you for being with us today on our broadcast here. For ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the International Gospel Hour broadcast, and we are grateful. If the program helps you to come to a better understanding of God's will, you will be doing us a great favor by encouraging others to listen to the program on a regular basis. The International Gospel Hour exists to spread the good news of salvation in Christ Jesus. The program is also set for defense of the gospel, for Paul once wrote, The one do it of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel, Philippians 1.16. This program exists to preach the word and to expose errors of various kinds that plague the world of religious people in our time. Paul wrote to the young preacher, Timothy, and declared, I charge thee in the sight of God and of Christ Jesus, who shall judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. It is our supreme desire to preach this same word today without addition, subtraction, or any type of modification. The Bible does not need to be updated. It does not need to be modernized. It does not need to be corrected. It needs to be preached. That is our duty on this program. It needs to be believed, obeyed, and loved. That is the responsibility of both the speaker and each of you who listen from time to time. Today, I wish to study with you a lesson relative to the kingdom of God. Jehovah's kingdom was frequently upon the lips of Hebrew prophets as they looked through the telescope of inspiration to what Jehovah planned for humanity in the future. When the Messianic harbinger, John the Baptist, arrived on the scene and began to awaken Israel from her long sleep of spiritual apostasy, his clarion voice made mention so frequently of the coming kingdom of heaven. When the Lord began to preach a short time later, he spoke of the nearness of this coming kingdom. The twelve and the seventy went on preaching missions, and they spoke of the nearness of the kingdom of God. In Matthew sixteen eighteen and 19, our Lord declared, And I also say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The church the Lord promised and proposed to build was the long-awaited kingdom of heaven. The two terms are used interchangeably. Therefore, as we seek for a definition of the kingdom in this study, we shall be defining at the same time something about the Lord's church. It is highly unfortunate that so many in our day have made a distinction between the church and the kingdom. It is true they emphasize different facets of this glorious institution. 
the church emphasizes its called-out characterization. It has been called out of the world. It has been called into the service of God. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2 and verse 9, But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may show forth the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. The term kingdom refers to the governmental aspect and is richly suggestive that it is not democratic in form, but a spiritual monarchy. Jesus is the king. In him, legislative, executive, and judicial powers meet and merge in majestic fashion. In the Roman epistle, the peerless Paul supplies us with an excellent definition of the kingdom of God. He wrote in Romans fourteen seventeen, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. My friends, are you listening? Do you not recognize that the Bible is its own best interpreter? I am sure you do. Realization of this fundamental fact will greatly enrich your Bible study. The Bible frequently defines the terms it employs. When God supplies us with a definition, that is the finest definition available. In the language of the Roman text, we observe the Holy Spirit's definition of Jehovah's kingdom. Quite naturally, it is given in both the negative and then in the positive. The negative is given first. This allows Paul to close out with the positive in the passage under examination. Negatively, Paul tells us what the kingdom of God is not. He says the kingdom of God is not composed of eating and drinking. Its purpose is not to be geared to the materialistic concepts of life. It does not address itself primarily to the interest of the body. It does not address itself primarily to the world in which the human body lives for a few short years. The very names that given to this kingdom strongly deny its materialistic connections. The inspired Matthew was very fond of referring to it as the kingdom of heaven. His concept of the kingdom was that of a reign of heaven within the hearts of humanity. It would not be like the kingdom ruled over by Saul, David, and Solomon during the golden days of ancient Israel. The kingdom of heaven would not be like the far-flung empire over which the mighty Caesars were reigning from imperial Rome. The principles of this kingdom were to be heavenly in nature and not earthly in their contents. Mark, Luke, and John spoke of this institution as the kingdom of God. Its source lay in the infinite counsels of Jehovah's own mind. It was a kingdom that he had long promised to establish. It was to be a kingdom that he would establish. It would be a kingdom that would point men to God and to his manner of life for them while they passed through their earthly existence. Jehovah would do the legislating in this kingdom, not man. Paul spoke of this kingdom as possessing joint ownership. In Ephesians 5, 5, he wrote, For this you know of a surety that no fornicator, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolaterer, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Jesus, in his extended conversations with Pilate, in John 18, made it crystal clear that his coming kingdom was not to be of this world. As such, it offered no threat to the dominion that Caesar had established in Europe, Africa, and Asia. Jesus said to the perplexed governor, My kingdom is not of this world. 
If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom, but now is my kingdom not from hence. John 18.36 In his great resurrection chapter of 1 Corinthians 15, Paul places a great denial upon the earthly features of the kingdom of God. He wrote, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. In this context, he is talking about the kingdom in its heavenly glory. But please note that he has his mind upon the aspects of the kingdom at the time of Christ and his second coming. Flesh and blood cannot inherit that kingdom. Yet the proponents of premillennialism teach that flesh and blood will inherit that kingdom at the second coming and will reign in a framework of materialism for a thousand literal years on earth and in the city of Jerusalem. Paul says, such will not be. My friends, are you listening? It has been well stated by a great student of the sacred scriptures, the theory of a materialistic reign of Christ is unworthy of the spirit of Christianity. Truly, the kingdom of God is not materialistically minded. It is spiritually centered. That is its scope now. That is its future destiny. Dear friends, you have just listened and engaged with us a discussion of the kingdom of God defined as part of our Are You Listening Again series. The first speaker of International Gospel Hour was V.E. Howard. He was our speaker for 60 years. From 1974 to 1986, Brother Robert R. Taylor, Jr., the longtime evangelist for the Ripley, Tennessee Church of Christ, wrote material for Brother Howard. Through the graciousness of Brother Taylor, we at International Gospel Hour have secured a great number of these lessons. These are treasures indeed, and we will use these lessons from time to time in what we are calling our Are You Listening Again? series. This material has not been presented in well over 40 years, but its truths are still as vital and as real today. How thankful we are for such a good opportunity. Dear friends, we want to pause here and allow our J-Web to come and tell you about our free Bible study course by mail. Here is our J-Web. Friends, the International Gospel Hour offers for free a Bible study course available by mail. That's right. At your own pace, you can study the Bible in your own home. It's free. Give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things that be of God. Dear friends, again, we are delighted to bring forth these messages that were written in days gone by by the late Brother Robert R. Taylor, Jr., when he worked with R. V. E. Howard. Of course, when we're studying Romans 14:17 of the kingdom of God and what it's not, let us not move away from what the kingdom of God is. Picking up in Romans 14 and verse 17, it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. 
I'm sure you would agree that it would be worthy for us to look at the kingdom of God, not only in the negative sense of the not eating and drinking or the materialistic nature, but what does the king of, kingdom of God rather embrace? Well, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable. I'm sure we'll have more to say about this at another time. But for now, thank you for joining me today in this special study of the kingdom of God. And we'll study together another time. Thanks for joining me on the International Gospel Hour radio broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie and friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com to God be the glory. Oh!